Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very senior and respected professional from Minneapolis, USA, Tracy Warnberg Lim. Tracy, welcome to the show. Good morning. Nice to be here this morning. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. Good. Uh, Tracy is a strategist and a founder of Social Motion, which is a training, coaching, and consulting company that energizes civic policy and community-based solutions and supports leaders that drive them. Social Motion specializes in engaging organizations and communities around collective problem solving that move toward traditional responses into deeper levels of engagement, social innovation, and policy entrepreneurship. So Tracy, before we talk about social motion, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Yeah, well, my background here, I'm from St. Paul in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, born and raised here, and my background is in social work and public affairs. So I've always had a real interest in how do we solve problems and how do we make the world a better place? Mm -hmm. I remember as a student, my reports were always on influential people like Gandhi and Mother Teresa. And I've just always been intrigued by how people make change and how do we influence people's behaviors and attitudes so that we can come together and solve problems. Mm -hmm. So I've always been interested in that. And, um, you know, I grew up in a family that wasn't really business people and uh, just kind of had a number of different jobs over yes. the years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so one of the jobs that I had, it was interesting. We just did a lot of neighborhood development and building. Mm -hmm. And the mayor in that community at the time would always introduce me as this taskmaster. And what I found is that so many people were intrigued at how we got initiatives to move forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my world, it wasn't rocket science. You just had to ask people and just sort of, you know, have this creative way of looking at right. bringing people in, solving problems. And I thought, you know, I wonder if I should turn this into a business. And so mm -hmm. I did. Didn't know a thing about business. Never, didn't really have a lot of business people in my family. And just kind of that was back in 2006. Amazing. And so I've been going strong since then. <laughs> as they say, the rest is history. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So let's mm -hmm. talk about social motion. How did your journey with social motion begin? And what inspired you to found the company? And what's behind this unique name? Yeah. Well, it's always interesting when business people create a name. I just, I knew that it was something about movement and moving things forward, but I was really interested in all the elements of social change mm -hmm. and the grassroots. How do we as individuals change our mindset, embrace different attitudes, and then how do we get in other individuals and groups and organizations mm -hmm. and policies to go along with what makes change? Mm -hmm. So it was just sort of a name that resonated with me back in 2006. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's been, um, it's been a great journey, just connecting with people and seeing what communities can do when they come together. Mm -hmm. So, yep. And Tracy, what do you believe are some of the primary challenges facing civic policy and community-based solutions today? Yeah, we have a number of them. And I think this is a really important thing that people can kind of try to get their heads around. Mm -hmm. You know, things have changed even in the 20, 25 years I've been doing this. But we do have a lot of really significant problems that are different than they were even 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just kind of go through a few of them because I think it's important for us to understand this new framework that we're working in. So I think we have a lot of resistance to change. We have different worldviews. Um, and I think, you know, social change leaders must really understand the, the need that they have to overcome that resistance to change. Mm -hmm. 
that we all have. It's part of being human, right. but it's especially entrenched when we get together in groups with, of like, like-minded ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, engaging stakeholders is another challenge. You know, there's um, local businesses and nonprofits and government mm-hmm. agencies, and they all speak different languages. Yeah. They all have different um, goals, agendas, and that can be really complex and really time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times today we seem to have leadership gaps or we don't have alignment of leadership. Mm-hmm. There can be disagreements, which I think we're all familiar with, which is healthy and good when you can manage it. But there sometimes can be uh, just a real lack of leadership that's a, that's able to move things forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a lot of funding challenges and limited right. resources. So securing funding for projects and initiatives can be difficult, and it can be especially difficult in those economically disadvantaged communities that are mm-hmm. really needing to kind of build some um, resilience and build some new initiatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also tend to have a real short-term focus. You know, I think so often, you know, in our governments across the world, we change every, we change frequently. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we really prioritize short-term games over long-term resilience. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to kind of look at that and try to think a little bit longer term because I think short-term we kind of miss the mark sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I think lastly, I think we all understand the political and bureaucratic challenges and barriers we have today. Right. Um, you know, there just so many of our policies are... Um, are really aimed at trying to solve a problem. And um, yeah, just really looking at, again, those short-term things. <clears throat> we don't always have a sh- similar view of the facts. You know, I think when I was starting my business, we really had a shared understanding of, you know, this particular piece of paper is pink. Mm-hmm. And I just think we don't have a shared set of facts anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's making collaboration challenging. And, you know, a lot of things from the political things and political decisions trickle down to communities. And I just think these are things we all really need to be aware of and understand that this is the landscape that we're working in. And these are real things we have to navigate as social change leaders. Great response. But therefore, an interesting follow-up question for you is that what are some of the key components of being an effective leader in uh, social social impact uh, situations? Uh, for anyone who's, you know, there's so much literature about there, out there about leadership. Mm. There's a lot of great information, a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of great leaders that speak to what leadership is. And I think the thing that maybe is unique with social change leadership is that, you know, a lot of the things are the same. You need to have vision. You need to be a good communicator. Um, but I think one of the things that is unique when you work in the area of social change is this multi-sector dynamic mm. and this interdependency we have. And the ability that you have to have to really work and engage with different sectors is really important. Mm. And I think there's also just this need to have skills around collaboration is really, really critical when you're working Mm. in the area of social change. Mm. So, but I think a lot of the other leadership skills, you know, really are the same. Having ability to, you know, be innovative, Mm. to inspire people, Mm. to be strategic, to be able to operate and move things Mm. and um, knowing your strengths. And I would say one of the most important things, my personal bias as a leader, I think it's really important to have a pretty good sense of yourself, have some self-awareness, know your skills, know what you bring to the table and know maybe what your strengths are not Mm -hmm. and be able to bring in other people to support, lend a hand give you good advice, you know, just be able to bring a lot of people together with different skill sets. So that's what I would say. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And Tracy, what does policy entrepreneurship mean to you? And how do you see it influence future policy making? Yeah, I, 
I love the concept of policy entrepreneurship. And it was a term pioneered by John, you know, who John Kingdon is his name. Mm -hmm. And he is from the University of Michigan. And so most of us are familiar with, you know, problems. We have a problem. Often we try and fund, we try and find money and then we try and solve it. But, you know, so often, and this is something that has changed, we now understand that policy plays an important role in how we solve those problems. Mm -hmm. And I'm just very encouraged by the fact that that's really shifted. That has really changed over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember 20 years ago doing a presentation about the need to engage government in, you know, community solutions. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like this crazy idea at the time. But I just think it really shows how important and how we've shifted our thinking. And so policy entrepreneurship really is... Just the notion of how do we, um, so Paul, let me start by policy entrepreneurs. Policy entrepreneurs are those people and they can work in government or they can work outside of government, mm -hmm. but they're those people that we kind of know. They're those monomaniacs with a vision. They know how to move things. They're very focused mm -hmm. and they really can try to create new opportunities and new solutions um, to our problems. Mm. And so they often bring new ideas, new strategies. They know how to just pull a bunch of things together. And they're often very persistent. And what they're really good at is leveraging elements within government mm. and understanding how government works and what are what are the powers and the, the leverage points within government that we can use. Because governments, you know, they're challenging and frustrating. But they do have a lot of power and they do have a lot of things that government can do to make our uh, communities better. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of getting the right people and the right skill sets in there so that mm -hmm. they can interact with and within government to solve our problems. Well said. And uh, Tracy, with your expertise in community organizing, what strategies do you believe foster stronger community relationships and collaboration? I think you can sum it up in one word. Mm -hmm. relationships okay. you know relationships are just key and we need to look at relationships as not transactional we relationships going back to what i said earlier it's really important to have self-awareness and be authentic have integrity do your own work mm -hmm. but enter relationships with a real sense of being authentic and being transparent and open about what is it that you're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. and getting to know the person and listening and building that relationship and it maybe it means that you don't uh have a relationship that secures you funding right away or maybe it means that there isn't really a connection point right now but it's just this this uh act of building and maintaining and cultivating and nurturing relationships mm -hmm. and keeping in touch keeping in touch with people that you might mm -hmm. want to work together on in the future but it's all about building those relationships great response and mm -hmm. what role do government and community relations play in the success of community-based solutions Yep, I think it's the same. I think it's the same piece. It's 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 a matter of having people who are doing that work of building relationships. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, you can build relationships and you can do things on paper and you can try and have a relationship to accomplish something and that is part of it. But I think if you can really adjust your mindset to build relationships for the long term and really be authentic and be transparent about what you're bringing forward. And that's really what community relationships, community relations is about. It's about mm -hmm. building those relationships, working together. And again, just, you know, tapping into the um, kind of the mutual shared goals that we have and developing mm -hmm. shared understandings and moving things forward. Well done. Great. And right, let's come back to social motion. How does social motion address and challenge traditional responses to social problems? 
Yeah. So my background, I, I do a lot of learning. And so I think what social motion brings forward is I think that our company, what we do is we really try to focus on learning and development. Mm -hmm. And that is working with individuals as well as organizations and communities mm -hmm. and really developing a shared understanding and focusing on learning. And mm -hmm. learning is a process. You don't learn something and then move forward and forget about it. Learning is an ongoing thing that we're all engaged with, all need to be doing on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And we actually do a lot of, when I when we work with communities, we do a lot of learning design around efforts that we're working on. So, for example, I work a lot in healthcare uh, here in the state of Minnesota, and we're always doing a lot of learning activities around healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so, what we try to focus on when we do that is we don't try to just do a training about, you know, how to address the health disparities. We try to, we know from research that when people attend a training or learn something, mm -hmm. they often don't implement it. It often kind of goes in one year and we might have it somewhere, we might remember <laughs> it, but we often don't implement it. Mm -hmm. And what's really important as we're talking about any type of development for ourselves within organizations, or if we're talking about community change, we need to be able to learn things, but we need, need to be able to operationalize and do something with it. Mm. So at Social Motion, what we really focus on is we focus on learning design, but we really emphasize what happens after, like mm -hmm. how do we get people to change their behavior and how do we get people to try out what they learned? And what we know is that often they work in systems and organizations that don't always support trying new things mm -hmm. and don't always support people innovating or trying out what they learned. And so we mm -hmm. really focus on helping people understand the systems they work in, how system change works. And we try to work within the organizations so that they understand the importance of trying things out, letting mm -hmm. people fail, mm -hmm. being supportive, mentoring, coaching people. Mm -hmm. And so that is a lot what we emphasize here at Social Motion. And Every time you work with different clients, you must be tailoring your coaching methods to suit different organizations. What are some of the challenges you face in being able to customize these? Yeah, um, I feel like kind of going back to what I've said earlier, I think that so much of what we do is if you can come to projects being authentic and engaged, um, I think just it just goes a long way in just really mm. listening and getting to know the organization you're working with building a shared understanding of what you're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. and just getting mapping things out, getting on the same page. We always want to make sure that we have people from within the organizations and community organizations leading these efforts, driving the changes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it goes, it always goes really well. It's, it's a fun process to get to know the organizations and the individuals and really understand what are they trying to accomplish and mm -hmm. you know, how, what has worked in the past, what hasn't worked in the past and, figuring out a path forward. Mm, amazing. I'd also like to get your perspective on the importance of social innovation in the current global landscape. Yes, uh, social innovation is really important. You know, so often we've, you know, there's a saying that says, if the only tool you have is a hammer, mm -hmm. every problem looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. And I think so often because our community challenges are really overwhelming and they're very complex and they involve a lot of different sectors. I think it's really easy to default to the way we've always solved problems, which is, you know, try to raise money and then, you know, try to solve the problem with some a financial resource. And that works in a lot of situations. And we need to definitely do more of that. Mm -hmm. But I but I think if we can kind of focus on what are what are some different 
different ways we can come at our challenges? And what are some things we haven't tried? And who are some new people that we need to bring to the table? And what are some new initiatives and some new ways to try and solve problems? And I think a really important part of doing that is really making sure that we are bringing to the table the people whose lives are most affected by the challenges we're trying to solve and the problems we're trying to address. Hmm. I think so often our default, and it's human nature, our default when we have a decision or we have power is to just get focused in the weeds and try to solve it and bring our own skills to the table and maybe a few people around us. And it's really important that, again, having that sense of self-awareness, stepping back, taking a breath and just kind of reflecting who are the people that are most impacted by this Mm. and making sure that we're bringing them into the conversation. Mm. And I have a quick story I'll share about that. Uh, One of my first jobs out of college was um, I was working in a high risk neighborhood and it was the highest crime neighborhood in this particular city and community. Mm -hmm. And I was young. I didn't, I had a background in social work and I understood community organizing a little bit, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we, I was tasked with trying to reduce crime in this high risk, high crime neighborhood. And I had no idea. I didn't know anything about crime prevention. They hired me to do this job and I really didn't have a clue. And so what I did is I just brought the neighbors together who lived there and just sort of threw out the question. Hmm. This is a high crime neighborhood. You know, what do you all think we should be doing to solve this? What do you want to do? Hmm. And the person that I worked with at the time, she, uh, we facilitated this group and this team hmm. And what they decided that they wanted to do is they wanted to have popcorn parties in this park mm-hmm. where the drug dealers were convening, which now if you were to talk to crime prevention specialists and police mm-hmm. officers, and that probably wouldn't be a solution that they would right. propose. They probably mm-hmm. wouldn't propose having popcorn parties at the park at seven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. but we let them, they knew the neighborhood, they lived there, they knew where the challenges were. And so we just helped organize and facilitate this process. And these neighbors took turns and they literally had these popcorn parties in the park in the evening. And literally within weeks, the drug dealers totally left. They were never there anymore. They weren't selling drugs in the neighborhood. They had found somewhere else to go, Mm -hmm. somewhere outside the community. And it was so empowering and it was amazing. So they were just on fire that they had solved it. So it really Mm. wasn't us coming in with our prescriptive ideas. Mm. It was being innovative. It was listening to the people affected by what was happening and just kind of trying it out. And Mm. we had to be willing and comfortable failing because sometimes those things work, sometimes they don't. But then it was just a snowball because then Mm. from there, they had all these other ideas about putting lighting in the park and they had all these things for after school programming. And within a year, crime went down by over 50%, which is really unheard of. That's really, really Mm. an unreal uh, crime reduction strategies. And so before we knew it, we had, you know, other communities coming to us and wanting to kind of figure out what we did. And again, it's not rocket science. It's not, I wish, you know, it'd be fun to be able to say we had this great strategy, but it really was just listening to the people that are living there that were affected by it and being willing to you know, put egos aside and just try some new things. Mm. Let's try some innovative things and see what mm. happens. And then following where the successes were, learning from failures and keep keep moving forward. So Amazing. What a powerful story. Thank you for sharing this, Tracy. And my last question to you, uh, Tracy, given all the work that you've been doing with social motion, if you were to look at a crystal ball, where do you envision social motion in the next five years? This is a great question. I'm doing um, I'm doing some thinking on that. You know, we've been doing this for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, 
been doing a lot of thinking about that. And I just think given what's changed and kind of where we're heading, mm -hmm. I really hope social motion can be an institution that really helps leaders mm -hmm. that are working in the realm of social change. So they might work in government, they might work in nonprofits, mm -hmm. they might work in corporate settings, they might be individuals who have an idea. But I really hope we can help leaders to understand the current ecosystem we're working in mm -hmm. and help build a skill set that understands how to really effectively collaborate and bring people together to solve problems. Mm -hmm. And an important part of that is that I, I hope that social motion can be a place where leaders can come and really learn how to, you know, number one, invest in themselves, mm -hmm. invest in their own skills as a leader, um, hire, hire, hire us as coaches, you know, find ways to get support because it is a, it's a hard journey being a social change leader. It's very challenging work. And so understanding the need to invest in yourself mm -hmm. and then building those leadership skills and tools that are really going to help you be effective as we move into this new era of trying to make change collectively and collaboratively. Mm. How amazing. And on that note, Tracy, thank you so much for speaking to me about your journey. Thank you for speaking to me at such length on social motion. I think I learned many, many new things about social impact, about social, the work social motion is doing, about policy entrepreneurship, and about all the other great things that you're doing. I loved all your examples, your stories. I think you're such a great storyteller. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.